On today's Team Superdad podcast, I speak to Nick Forgem, fifth Dan black belt in karate, author of Black Belt Thinking and the creator of the Black Belt Confidence Program. It's a cracker. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Super Dad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Hey, welcome to the Team Super Dad podcast. On today's episode, it's another interview, and this dad is a black belt, so you don't want to mess with Nick in, uh, in a, I don't know, a classic bar brawl or something like that, or <laughs> wherever you might uh, do your fighting. But uh, Nick has a, uh, a rich and varied career. He's been married twice. He's got stepchildren. He's got his own children. He's been successful in pretty much all his adventures and ventures, and and it really is a great story of um, of not just his life, but as as uh, as his a role model in the community, um, a, a husband, a dad, and uh, and a teacher, a karate teacher. If you are a single dad and you're listening to this for the first time, then welcome to the Team Super Dad community and podcast. This is also the home of the Rebuild Program. Dads coming out of divorce, separation or loss often find themselves really wondering exactly what the hell they can do to put their life back on track. It's not the end. It's just the start of a great future. We have a Facebook community over on Facebook called Team Superdad. Not surprisingly, that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash team super dad if you want to chat to me about the rebuild program it's a five-week program it gives you everything you need to kickstart your life and create your best life ever too many dads don't pull themselves around from this but really once you hit that point of wondering okay what comes next how am I going to put this back together how do I feel great about myself, create a lot of fun with my children, have the social life that I want, find a home, find love, find fun. It's um, it's it's not the end, it's just the beginning. So uh, teamsuperdag.com forward slash rebuild call and you can chat to me about exactly what that looks like and how you can get on the five-week program. There's also the HQ, which is the Team Superdad HQ, which is our monthly coaching in a circle group with with uh, expert coaches in the five um, in the six sorry areas of team super dad that's health wealth fitness um, personal power faith and happiness I can't wait to chat to more of you dads but most importantly please share and like this podcast for share and like our Facebook page the more we can grow this community uh, then the more people we can impact and not only that but the more fun we can have creating our best life ever as soon as we get some iTunes reviews, then we will be doing iTunes review of the week. So, you know, if you're going to be that first person, then so long as it's a positive review, then then uh, then I look forward to reading that out. I've been listening back to the other podcasts. Possibly you could say I waffle on a little bit. Um, so bear with me. Excuse me. I, I speak from the heart. I speak about things that have happened to me. Um, things that I've done, positive and negative, things that I've learned from, people that I come into contact with. And so, yeah, I, I, I want this to be fun. I want it to be something that you can put on in the kitchen while you're cooking, in the car while you're driving, really any time when, um, when you've, I don't know, more than anything, I don't want you to be alone. You know, like I said, you are not alone. You're on Team Superdad. And so 
without further ado, let's crack on with this interview. Let's hear what Nick has to say. If you've got any questions, then bring them over to the Facebook group. Uh, there's loads of like-minded dads in there. And uh, of course, the Monday night hangout, everybody's welcome. Just come over to the Zoom call. The details are on the Facebook page, um, but it's Monday nights on Zoom. And, uh, and you can come in there, have a laugh, uh, have some banter, take the mick out of some other dads and, uh, and also share a problem if you've got one. I'll stop waffling on. Let's roll the interview. Enjoy. Good morning. Welcome to the Team Superdad podcast. Today's guest is someone I've been introduced to recently, and that is the magic of the Team Superdad community. Uh, you get uh, introduced by people you know to other awesome people in the world. And today's guest is no exception. Uh, it's Nick Forgem, and he is here in the UK with me. He is uh, author of a, a book all around or using ninja skills in your life and, and has a course along the same lines as well. And I would do him a disservice by trying to explain it myself. So I'll let Nick, you do that. But it's great to have you on the podcast today, Nick. Good morning. Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself a moment and, and tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, just, just basically, you know, your age and, and uh, your family situation, just as a summary to kick us off. I didn't know you were going to get that personal, Johnny. Well, no, 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 you're right. No, look, you're all right. Look, we can see how, uh, both, okay. how we both um, are from our hairlines. Yeah. We, let's not talk about our hair. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm 57. Uh, I live in Reading. If people are in the UK, that's sort of on the Heathrow flight path. It's about 30 miles uh, west of London. Um, I got divorced 14 years ago when my two daughters were 11 and 9. Um, moved in two or three years later with my girlfriend. And two years ago, we got married. So that's all, all worked out really well. Um, and I'm sure we'll be talking more about my relationship with my daughters and also with her two children, who are also uh, currently 25 and 23, as, as are my two daughters. Right, so you're a dad and a stepdad. I'm an unofficial stepdad as well as a dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, well, we, we can touch on that. The, the experience of being a stepdad myself is... is, is um, I've been a stepson and I've been a stepdad. And I think wow. that it's... You know, when you start chatting to people who've been in that, who've experienced that, then there's a lot of relatedness. But out outside of that, it, you know, it's not really a subject that gets spoken about that much. And and there are times when it's when it's when it's challenging. Um, it's a role that is is so loosely defined, and and in different relationships, it can be way more um, significant and involved in other situations. And and um, I think for for dads just getting into that, that can be. A, a worry for some for, for some dads so so we'll definitely touch on that yeah. but Nick I, I know from our conversation when we were chatting and getting introduced to each other um you've you've had a quite a, a, a varied career across business your own business and now your work in 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 personal development and stuff you know t tell us a little bit about that about that journey through your career um yeah well I think Quite a while ago, I reached the point where I was definitely unemployable. Um, but I, in some ways, I did the conventional stuff. So um, university and working for two or three big companies, um, got fed up of corporate life, went to a small company, um, got made redundant. This is back in the, I think it was the late 80s. Um, and since then, I've pretty much done my own stuff. 
So I've done a variety of things, uh, complementary health. Um, I learned NLP, which if you're not familiar with it, is neuro-linguistic programming. It's an insight into how the mind works. I use that to uh, do some sales training. I've been a sales trainer. I've been a stress management consultant. And currently I have two things I'm doing. Uh, I run a, a networking franchise, um, a worldwide organization called BNI. I run it in Berkshire and Wiltshire with yeah. nearly 400 members. Uh, and then the other thing I do is, um, and we might touch on this, but at, at school, which was now many years ago, but um, on the way back from school for seven years, I was bullied. And there was something sort of, deep within me that um at 25 which is now 32 years ago meant that i started karate and basically although i had two years off when my first daughter was born so that's what's that 30 years so for 30 years i've been doing and or teaching karate for one two three times a week so what i've realized is that um there's a there's a way in which black belts think so my book and my course are all about the, the mindset of a black belt. Yeah, cool. And I, I saw there's a couple of chapters you shared on, on your, on your website, which I read through and it's, 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 you know, such clear, you know, um, lessons, clear encouragement, you know, and, and it's, it's not necessarily unique to, um, to karate, but, I, but it's, it's always nice when, 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 when that information is applied in such a way, and especially for dads, you, you can say, all oh, right, okay, well, that's, oh, I get that. That's, that's, that's really practical. And I can relate to that. And, and, and you know, some people don't, don't necessarily warm to the idea of, oh, we're going to go counseling or we're going to go on a personal development course. But so when the context, like, like you framed it in, and there's references to, to Bruce Lee and things like that, I think it, it can get very masculine and that can be a real way to, 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 to break through some, some people's barriers and preconceptions and stuff. So I, I, you know, in those chapters you shared some really powerful guidance in there, which, which I'm sure all dads could, could, could gain from, let alone dads that have been through divorce, separation or loss. So, yeah. so, um, 14 years ago you got divorced so that was that was after you had decided to change your career yeah um oh yeah i was doing my own stuff by then and i i did some internet stuff in the very early days i imported stuff from egypt and sold it into museum gift shops um around the country and i was doing all sorts of stuff yeah so just about that sort of that career change because a lot of dads go through are, are going through that that thinking process they're reflecting on on their job they're feeling that they've got to um you know it's, it's, it's a double-edged flipping sword basically on the one hand they need to make more money and on the yeah. other hand they want to find a way to have more time um and and flexibility so they can be with their kids we can touch on all those points but just just around the thoughts of changing your career how did you know did you do you on reflection did did it did you wallow in it for a little bit or was it did it did it weigh heavy on your mind thinking i've got to get out of this but i don't know what to do or or were you able to be quite clear about about i've got to change this and this is how i'm going to go about it and um, i think my mindset over the years or even even over the decades and um, has always been pretty consistent which is that i've always had to enjoy it so i've only ever done things that i enjoy um, I mean, sometimes, obviously, you know, from a work perspective, you've got to stick with it, even if times are a bit tough or it's not working out as you thought. But I think we owe it to ourselves to be happy. 
and work is a big part of all our working lives for those of us who are lucky enough to be working assuming that you know we want to be working um, and you've got to do things you enjoy um, it doesn't mean you have to sort of immediately stop and go and do something else um, but you've got to enjoy it it's got to it's got to resonate with you it, there's got to be things in there where you think yeah you know and, it, and it's okay if that is purely about yourself um, it can of course also be about the impact that your work has on other people um, but whatever it is you've got to be happy but you don't have to change straight away yeah I think that's really important uh, I, I encourage dads to to, to realize that okay I feel like I want to change my job but yeah. right now I rather than stress about it be far more positive to get excited about the inquiry they're like well what would I like to do what are my interests what are my passions are people making money out of those things okay great um how much money do I need you know there's a lot there's a lot of question marks around this subject and you know I know looking back on my career there were times when I got really frustrated and stuck in I'm not really enjoying this but I don't know what to do and it wasn't until I started down my personal development journey where I actually became much more adept and confident of thinking, okay, what would I like to do and how would, and how will I go about that? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and in, 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 um, in, you know, what's, what are some of the things you could, you would suggest to people about how they tap into those passions or those, those thoughts of, you know, how can I do more for people or, you know, where, what's the access to what is my best work? Um, yeah, one thing I want to say actually that was a real eye-opener for me when I qualified doing stress management is that any change is stressful. Getting married to your dream partner is a change, it's stressful. You know, buying your dream house and moving to a different area is change and it's stressful. Yeah. And you can, you can never do it. And, and from a karate perspective, if you're faced with two attackers, you don't want to fight both at the same time because it's like sticking both hand, one hand out to the left and one hand out to the right. Nothing's going to happen. Okay. There's no power in those techniques. There's nothing. So it's, it's very much one thing at a time. So in terms of like the career side, if there's stuff going on in the family as well, that's outside of the control, then I would, I would almost just say, you know what, my work for the next three months, six months, I'm just going to carry on in terms yeah. of then looking forwards and how am I going to tap into my passions um, a little bit of it is about um, introspection, which seems a long word, but it, it's basically just getting to know yourself. There's a, there's a very famous karate quote, and I think it's a, other things like uh, Sun Tzu in The Art of War, but it goes something like this. Know yourself and know the enemy, and in a thousand battles, you will never be in peril. Now, the first two words of those are absolutely key because it's about knowing yourself. And when you're going through a period of time and a period of challenge and a period of um, period of change, it's actually difficult to, to do those things. So um, one of the things that's in my program is uh, just to take some time out and just focus on your breathing. And that might seem a bit, perhaps to some people, a bit sort of, you know, spooky, a bit Buddhist, you know, extreme stuff. But actually, it's just it's just taking time out and just being. And your thoughts will naturally... Um, uh, come into being, you, you'll 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 be better placed to actually look um, outside, kind of looking in, and then when you when things do come along and people start to say, oh, you know what, maybe uh, you know things have settled down with the family, and now actually you know 
I realize that for me right now, my dream job is going to be this, or actually I need to start a business that's going to do that. But it, don't, don't overdo it. But that would be my biggest single bit of advice on that. And is that, you know, that, that's really um, insightful, really, because around a breakup, let alone any other, any other change, a lot of men, of course, it can happen to women in the same circumstance, but everything collapses. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and that's exactly what you were just saying is that our focus is on f- five or six different things, our home, our work, our children, our relationship, our money, our, and, and in, in trying to think about and manage all those things, actually none of them get handled. Yeah, for me um, and my partner and my wife, uh, it's the same thing. The priority was always the kids. It was always how the kids felt. Yes, I wanted access to them and stuff like that. And there were times when, you know, oh, we're just going off on holiday for two weeks. I'm thinking, well, no one's told me. Yeah, there's times like that. You know, it's part of the process. But the priority was always the kids. And one of the things I wanted to say to you today is this whole concept of time. Because in a way, it's easy for me now to look back on how things were 14 years ago because they were pretty bad. You know, when I moved out and I was renting a house that I couldn't afford, when I spent part of Christmas Day, that first Christmas Day, by myself, and my yeah. mother had died in April, my father had been dead for ages, I think I might have seen the kids for half an hour on Christmas Day. That was, that was without doubt the, the worst possible time that I had in all of this. That was awful. But you know what I've got right now? I've got a great relationship with my kids. My 25-year-old, she actually phoned me a couple of uh, weeks ago. I think it was like a Thursday night. Um, am I all right to swear on this, Johnny? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She actually phoned me and she said, um, you used to phone us in the middle of the week, but you've turned into a real miserable bastard and you're not phoning me, so I'm phoning you. What are you up to? <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Um, in some ways, like the sacrifices that, that I made, and you know, my ex-wife, she probably made sacrifices as well, but I've got that relationship with my kids and that is priceless. So it, you know, we've been talking about the work stuff and everything. But um, I think there is this whole period of, you know, playing the long game and looking at, you know, where do I want to be with my kids in six months time? Where do I want to be with my kids in six years time? Because, you know, kids are going to be around till hopefully till the day we die. Yeah. So it's, it's, about, it's about this much longer term perspective. Yeah. And I had friends that said that to me, Johnny, the long game, right. think about the long game. And, and in, in, in the f- fiery sort of furnace of the, of the breakup, yeah. days feel like minutes weeks feel like months you know every, every time is just painfully stretched yeah um but you know as, as i've experienced it, it, it does get it does get easier and and also I, I now have have achieved the amount of contact that that i wanted um and what i feel is is just and right as 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 a starting point, you know, for, for certain dads, the circumstances could mean that, that they can't have their children at 50% of the time. But as, as, as a start point, that's, that's where I think everybody should, should, should work from. And, and from a point of view of, you know, your, your relationship with your ex, it's a, it's an easier, less, um, what's the word like conflict. There's less, there's less, less hostility around, you know, yeah. sharing things and coming from that point of view. What, um, you know, were your kids quite upset about the breakup when it first happened? Can you think far, that far back? Was it was it difficult for them? 
Yeah, it was the uh, the older one who was eleven because uh, I left in uh, it was like end of October, November, and the reason that I left at the time I did was because we gave her a few weeks to settle in at secondary school. Yeah, um, and she's quite astute. I think she realised that for over several months that you know we weren't we just weren't getting on. We've I've been sleeping in separate rooms. Yeah. you know all the standard stuff. Um, the nine-year-old, um, when we told her it was a complete shock, that, that was, that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you reassure them? You know, like, like, I mean, there's so much we can talk about in this, in this subject, but what I like to do it rather than, cause it's actually quite easy to, to, to focus on the drama, but, um, yeah. you know, how did you reassure them? What, how did you, how did you, you know, help them feel like their world wasn't collapsing I think one of the things I've stressed to them is that um, whatever happens, I will always be their dad. You just cannot change that fact. That is a biological uh, God. It's whatever you want. Um, I will always be their dad. I will always be there for them. Um, I'll always be seeing them. So obviously I didn't know at the time the details of that and how often that would be. Um, a funny story actually because my younger one uh, went to university and I've always said to them uh, I always remember my uh, my ex-father-in-law sadly he's, he's dead now but he always said oh, you always you always worry about your kids don't you and I decided there and then when he told me that that I was never going to worry about my kids yeah. so the deal the deal I've got with my kids is if they're ever in trouble they phone me and I'll sort it out I don't know what I'll do. It's perhaps a dad thing. Maybe my ego is getting in the way a little bit, but I don't know what, I don't have to know what the problem is. I just know that I'll sort it out. Yeah. And my, uh, my youngest had been at university and she was in her second year. She said, she phoned me up and said, dad, you know, you know how, um, if you, you know, we've got this deal and if I've, I've got to let you know if I'm ever in trouble and I'll, you'll come and sort it out. I said, yes. And I thought, this is great. I'm going to put my back. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the milk tray man I'm going to come storming in what? I, was, I was so excited and I said what is it what is it tell me and she said um, well she said um, we've, we've got to get one of the parents give a talk on something to do with their business and all the others are going to like all their parents are nurses and stuff like that so you're, it's going to have to be you <laughs> <laughs> so I drove down to Bournemouth and I gave, a, I gave a talk that was going to be like 45 minutes on networking and building yeah. network and all that and as these kids walked in, I realized that I was the barrier between them and going to the bar. So I, I, I cut a deal with them that my 45 minute talk would be less than 20. And then they all piled out after 20 minutes and that was it. But the thing is, she was in, she wasn't in trouble, but she just thought, I'll phone the old man and there I go. Yeah, totally. And do you know that, I mean, that, that resonates with a, uh, the, the live stream I did yesterday about how strict we are with our kids, you know, and what's an appropriate level of, of, of strictness. Yeah. And, you know, my message, my feeling is that being too strict in our kids is counterintuitive. Yeah. We, if, if we, if we set a strong set of morals and values around our family, then the rules should naturally fall into place themselves. Yeah, like that jars with our values in which case i'm not really going to do it and then and then also what you can you can reflect on is is this too extreme and, and the 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 uh, what instigated the conversation was a was a dad who was had banned his daughter and taken her phone away for using um wi-fi outside of the house which there may be a bigger part of the story um but i couldn't help but see inside of that that him and his daughter were had got into a quite a serious you know, breakdown in communication around something about 
Wi-Fi. And, and, and how I'm relating that back to what you were saying, my relationship with, with my dad, although he's pretty a bit of a maverick, um, we could always ask anything, we could say anything. You know, there was a, a really not too much of a, a scenario of where are you and what time are you coming back? But speaking for myself, where I was and what time I was coming back was always pretty, pretty sensible. And I had a good group of friends as well. So you, you create that atmosphere with your children, whereby the one time they ring you and, and you're expecting it to be like, how can I swoop in and save you? Um, and, your, and your daughter's so on top of everything that, that her biggest drama in the world, you know, certainly yeah, so you, far yeah. is something yeah. as, as simple as that. So that's, that's all credit, yes, to you, but also to her. And then on top of that, the relationship that you have with her. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the Wi-Fi thing, um, one, one of the things uh, that I, I learned from, it's a martial arts thing, but uh, Bruce Lee was standing one day and he, he put one of his legs out to one side and he, he basically rotated his body 360 degrees. So he came at, he kind of had this circle that was like two feet away from his body. Yeah. And he had this circle all the way around him. And he said, from a self-defense point of view, this is my circle of life. And from a self-defense point of view, if someone is inside my circle, in other words, they're pretty much in striking range, he said, purely from a self-defense point of view, you want to know if they're going to kiss you or kill you. Um, but what I've done is, and what I think we can take this concept is we can apply this concept to a lot of other things in our life as well, because it, it, if you want to get a little bit deep, we kind of become the person based on the things that we have let into our circle, not just the people, but the thoughts, the, uh, the, the, the words, the actions and everything else. But we can't, the thing is that we can't, we don't, it, we have to control what's in our circle. We have to have a degree of control over us, but we don't control most of the things that are outside that circle. And if it's a daughter with Wi-Fi or whatever it might be, you know, sometimes you have to say, well, okay, I'm going to fight the battle. And sometimes you have to say, that's outside my circle. I'm going to let it go. I don't yeah. agree with it, but whatever. Because otherwise you, you, you're trying to control or even have a degree of influence over things that actually you don't. And that's, that's a recipe for disaster. So, you know, we have to let our kids find their own way. It's, it's, it's such a tricky area. It is. And there's so many subjects and, and different parents, different families, different circumstances, you know, everyone's yeah. free to make their own, their own rules. But it, but that does actually link nicely back into, to that, that picture you painted about your relationship with your daughter is that we give our children the understanding of, of that subject. I don't think you should do this because it's for this reason, this reason, this reason, then that child can actually make that mistake themselves. Yeah. Deal yeah. with the repercussions, which I'm not sure they're that bad over something like Wi-Fi. But then they have the confidence to know that they can come back to you and say, you know what, Dad, you were right. Um, <laughs> and by the way, can you help me fix it? And yeah. that's, you know, thinking, thinking that relating that to, to my stepson, um, things are a little bit strained at the moment for, for, for some reason. And I, and I hope that, that, that he does get back in touch in due course. But, you know, there were, I always said to him, if you're at a party, I don't care what's happened. You can call me. I'll come and get you. Whether yeah. you're drunk, whether you've taken something, whatever, like, just know that if you need me, call me and I'll and I'll be there, and and that puts the that just puts the problem to a to a different place. You know, yeah, the, the problem wasn't like, oh, I can't tell my dad this. The problem is, my my dad's my dad needs to come and get me. That's that's what's going to help us here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, 
I think that's a very smart thing to do. That's 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 kids kids need security, you know. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's giving him that level. That even if he does do something stupid or or he's in a bit of a mess, uh, he can. There's something there for him, and that, uh, all kids need that. Yeah, yeah. We, all, we need it. Me and you need it, Johnny. <laughs> everybody, yeah, totally. everybody needs something like that. Totally. Well, listen, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. By the way, people, if they want to know more about that circle of life example, that's one of the chapters you've shared of, from your book on your website, yeah? Yeah. That's And that's your Nick, um, nickforgem.com, yeah? That's, Black, uh, it's, yeah, it's on the, Amazon, the Black Belt Thinking. There's quite a lot you can look at. Okay, well, I'll share the link in the, in the show notes anyway as well. Just want to touch on that on that whole bullying thing. So yeah. you you had an experience of, of being bullied uh, through school. Was it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was it something that lasted quite a while? Yeah, it wasn't. It was actually on the way home. So I, right. I lived in a little village outside Lancaster, up in the northwest of England, and um, I'd get a lift in to school from my parent, from my dad, or, or one of his friends, with a couple of other lads. And then sometimes on the bus coming home, uh, I would be by myself. I'd be the only person from Lancaster Grammar School. Um, the last stop in Lancaster was um, the roughest school in Lancaster. So all these kids from the rough end would would pile on. And I'd be sitting on the bus in my fluorescent blue Lancaster Grammar School uh, blazer. So yeah. I was I was for seven years um, a sitting target. Yeah, fresh meat for them every day. Yeah, blimey. Yeah. So it wasn't a little bit was physical, but a lot of it was you know verbal intimidation and stuff like that. And it had quite. I know I can look. It's easy to look back now and say, yeah, you know, I was I was scared of people. Basically, yeah. that's where it got me to. And the irony is now that, you know, I, I give professional talks to 350 people and I teach karate and stuff like that. So it's kind of like gone full circle. Yeah, yeah. But late teens, early 20s, I, I was scared. I was scared of a lot of things. And what can you say to people that, that may have had that experience? You know, it could actually be someone who's still shouldering it now or they could be experiencing it with their with their child what, what are some of the breakthroughs that people could achieve around the subject of, of of bullying both in the in the present and in in getting rid of the i guess the sort of the hangover the after effects of having been bullied at any time in your life um there's a, well, there's a lot more out there now in terms of uh not just not necessarily any type of therapy but the, there's there's so much stuff out there there's been books written about it the, there's all sorts of useful things um it's a really good question because it's such a massive massive topic um for me and i think for a lot of people who've been bullied the issue was uh was confidence you know confidence with myself confidence with other people um i think it, it boils back to what i said um earlier about actually just thinking about yourself and who you are one one of the most important things in this and, and with everything and to do with family breakup and everything is about um is about judging there's there's so much judging out there at the moment um people being judgmental and i liken it to when i'm a karate uh, referee and i'm judging a competition um, although you can see people are very good your, your natural reaction is to look for the negatives you know oh they made a mistake there that stance could have been longer wider sharper whatever and when we judge ourselves we're very rarely positive about ourselves and it's easy in a in a family breakup or people who've got a history of overcoming some adversity like bullying to actually be very negative to themselves and say you know what um uh you know i shouldn't have done this and one of the things i say to people is listen to your language you know because we're we're often our, our own harshest critic and there are times particularly when we're going through stress that that doesn't serve as well 
So but you're talking about inner voice there, that that that, that voice in, voice in our mind, self, yeah. Self-talk that comes from our from our beliefs and and everything else. So um, have a have a real think about um, first of all about your self-talk, as you say, the the inner voice. Uh, don't be harsh on yourself. You know, um, bullies pick on people. Um, marriages break up all that sort of stuff it just happens it doesn't mean necessarily that any one person was massively at fault so i think that would be the first thing i would say is don't be harsh on yourself and say oh you know i'm rubbish at this or i should have done that it's not about that that's dealing in the past and is, are, you, are you saying that's like a subconscious thing where you, you start you almost like blaming yourself for the bullying but then you forget that you were yeah. blaming yourself about the bullying so then another scenario comes along where you don't feel that comfortable and you're just left yeah. with the feeling of i can't stop this i'm helpless i'm no good that's and that's the hangover from the bullying it is absolutely and you know one of the things that i've uh, is, it, this sounds counterintuitive but um uh when i was doing the stress management diploma one of the signs of someone who is strong or who is going to be strong is to ask for help because quite often what happens is people think, oh, if you're asking for help, you must be, you know, you, you must be in a mess. You must be weak. And actually, it's, it's strong people who ask for help. And I can explain it to you very simply. People who have a real problem with self-esteem, you know, how they think of themselves, how they value themselves, how they regard themselves. They can, their self-esteem can get so low that they don't ask for help because they don't think they're worthy of anyone helping them. So actually, a lot of these things are a two-way stream. If you now, if you know, someone listening to this and say, actually, you know, I think there is someone there who can help, I just haven't asked them yet, my advice would be go and ask them for two reasons. One is the worst thing that can happen is that somebody says no. And secondly, if they help you, it could be the start of a massive transformation. So actually yeah. asking for help is, is a really positive, empowering thing that will actually just by itself boost your self-esteem yeah totally what i say to myself and i say to my kids is well what would you say if someone came and asked you for help or what was some they like, mm. say oh i'd help them oh yeah so why am i imagining that if i ask someone for help they're gonna laugh at me or send me you know send me back where i came from it, it doesn't always the, these you know it's, it's it's the fears that we create in our mind that are, are way bigger than than the actual likely outcome yeah and you know i'm i'm uh i have a strong emphasis on time and and making a commitment making a decision and maybe someone is listening to this right now and they can decide they can write it down they can commit in their head to themselves that actually there's someone they've been thinking of that they can go and ask for help and they can go and do that as soon as they finish listening to this podcast yeah yeah totally i i've, I've said this before but you know around the subject of me um seeing a counsellor and going on antidepressants when I really was having my breakdown, I was screaming at the woman, there's nothing wrong with me. There, <laughs> 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 yeah, So, so was, but I was, I was so in the hole that I couldn't, that, that, that I couldn't see it. Yeah. And so your outlet for that as was, was just the, the karate or did you do a bit of, was there any counselling there as well? Or was the really the karate, the, 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 the breakthrough for you around that subject? No, it's just, um, it's just, uh, okay. I think one of, one of the things we're after is like in, in life is is about the journey we're on and it's about our identity and I was fairly happy with with who I was in you know outside of the family context um, so for me it was pretty much business as normal um, I didn't think of counselling maybe I should have had something um, I remember I certainly had phases in my life and that's probably the biggest one where I would call in you know I'd call in favors <clears throat> uh, family members whatever you know um, and it's exactly what you just said a couple of minutes ago that you know 
I think anyone listening to this and, and you or me, we'd pretty much help someone as long as their request was reasonable. And I think most people are like that. And it's easy to fall into the trap of, of not thinking that, that people won't help us. So I've certainly had faith. I've, I've had phases in my life where I've actually given a lot, but then I've had phases where I've, I've asked for help. Yeah. And that's so, so important. Um, I've got so many, so many ideas of where to take this conversation, but um <laughs> You know, when I, uh, I, I started, a, I went to a singing club for a while because it was a real, oh, just, I needed to do something new. I needed to be out of the house. I needed to be around yeah. different people. Um, just touching on, on karate as an interest and as a, as a, as a, as a hobby, as something that, that someone could start from scratch, you know, like, like what, what, tell me a bit more, uh, what, what's the cool thing? Why is karate cool? Like, why, why should people do it? What, what do you get out of it? You know, can, can someone start karate when they're 45? Yeah. Yeah, my oldest student was um, a 55-year-old diabetic with a heart condition. So yeah, anyone anyone can do it. Um, what I always what I always say is uh, go along to a, a club. It could be anything. It could be um, you know kickboxing, judo. It could be anything. Um, go go along to a club, and a good test is to say to the instructor, "And um, I'm thinking about starting. I'd just like to sit in and, and watch your lesson, if that's okay." If they say no, you need to walk out because <laughs> yeah. something not the right. In the wrong place. And then yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd look yeah. at how the instructor is, and I'd look at how the ins- how the students are. Because you want like the right atmosphere in the in the club. You can yeah. get little Hitlers, um, which is a bit of a shame. But generally, it should be relaxed. There should be a little bit of discipline because otherwise, um, the instructor's not in control, and you're going to get accidents. Yeah. So you need some discipline when you're doing something like that. But equally, you know, it could be something like football. It could be um, salsa dancing. It could be anything. Yeah, of course, of course. But um, but I think it's interesting that you know because one one of my encouragements and tenants of of Team Super Dad is about fitness and 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 yeah. the, that health side. Actually, getting out and sweating, getting those positive endorphins and and chemicals in our brain flowing, and you know karate. If someone's feeling like they're not really a runner, they don't really fancy the gym, they're just like, oh, I just don't know what to do. It's, it's, karate can be that for people, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, It's, it's a whole body thing. And um, I've got students who people would look at their students and they'd say, oh, they're overweight. But you know what? They come in the dojo and they just go for it. And it's like, well, <laughs> you're going to be good. And I'm thinking, yeah, let's go. So uh, it doesn't matter if you're short or tall clever or not um wide or thin doesn't matter uh, just just turn up for somewhere and give it a go it's a good outlet um sometimes i've walked out after training and then all the thoughts come back and and hit me oh my god i've got to do this and oh i've got this but the thing is i've had a complete break from that for the last hour hour and a half and that is so therapeutic yeah and you, you said earlier about the stress management and the breathing that's yeah. the same thing. It's like if you run a car at 100 mile an hour in second gear, <laughs> sooner or later that car's going to break. Whereas if you turn it off and let it let it go idle or even off off for a period, there, there's there's you know the car can start up and, and, and run better again. But it's had a, a period of peace and distraction. Yeah. Definitely. And there's probably is there a social element to karate as well, which is really useful for people. Uh, not massively, no. no. Um, we can go down the pub a little bit, but uh, no, that's not that's not it, no. Okay, so no, that's that's good to know as well because I think it's, it's yeah, interesting yeah. where where you can find outlets and solutions to to, to different things. So, um, but but you know, equally, just simply being around people is 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 a, is a good good escape as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And 
I'm going to come back to the karate because I'm interested to, to, to hear a bit more and to share with with uh, the, with the listeners and, and, and watchers about the, the the black belt program. But just flipping over into some back to the relationship stuff, your your new wife. Uh, I don't know, right. The reason I'm bringing this up is because about dating, right? I, I, this this is an area where where I'm still you know I'm still uh, I guess I've just parked the whole subject. What what you know, what did it feel like when you decided you were going to go out dating again? Did, did you go out looking for another relationship? Uh, no, it, it just it just sort of happened naturally um, through uh, the complementary therapy that, um, that I was doing. So we just got to know each other. So uh, no, I haven't actually been out on it. We didn't really go out on a date as, it, as, as such. So this was someone that you bumped into it wasn't like you went and dated four or five and then met and met and then met, met your partner this is someone the, the universe put you in touch with basically yeah in terms of dating i have i have no expertise to share <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not a lot of that. Probably other things either but no that's not, that's not how it happened <laughs> but i mean was you know was it was it awkward? Did did it did it feel quite natural? Was it was it something you have to work on, or did you just you know did you sort of like become friends and then fall in love? What what was the what, what, kind of what was the access to, you know, actually a new relationship, a loving relationship, and ultimately a, a new wife? And um, we were both in we were both going through the same had been going through the same thing, so we I think there was that immediate bond. Um, and also it's spooky that you know we've both got children who are aged exactly the same age yeah um but no we're both going we've, we had been going through what what you know exactly the same thing so the, there was that bond and then there was a shared interest in uh complementary therapy so it, it just it just evolved from there yeah do you think you're a better husband second time around uh i'm older and wiser hopefully <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't know, but you know, like, things change. I mean, I got married what when I was twenty. I got married about thirty years ago. So you yeah. know, I, I don't. I would. I don't really recognise that guy from thirty years ago. I mean, that, I know that was me, but I'm so different. Yeah, yeah. When you said also about different challenges and stresses in life, having kids, being skin, like babies, toddlers, nappies, work, you know, early thirties. There's, there's those challenges in life. They all pile up, and actually. It is testimony to couples that are happy and still together, you know, in, in, and their kids have reached 20. It's a massive testimony to those people of 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 what it takes to get to that that point. Um, and I think it's also okay that if it didn't work out, I wasn't able to say that for a long time, but I'm at the point now where I can say it's okay that it didn't work out. We, we came to the point where we weren't actually that compatible. And so worst thing we could have done was probably hung on in there and, and carried on ruining each other's lives i think that's, that's exactly where we were and it's it's uh it's been cool to be kind really and yeah i, I think i think it, it's actually easier in some ways to stay with someone where you don't get on but then your kids kids are clever you know kids pick up on that stuff and and you're probably not actually doing the best thing for them so actually to go through that breakup whether it was instigated by the dad or the mum, doesn't really matter. But um, in a way, it's it's better. It's much more traumatic at the time. And then, as you say, you know, money comes into it and everything else. Um, but I, 
I'm, I'm quite convinced. Um, and it's this thing that I said about, you know, looking back and assessing what's going on and judging yourself and trying to take yourself out of it, not to be uh, too negative on yourself and not try to live in this sort of random, false, happy, happy world. But actually just to be able to take a step back and say, you know what, was that the best thing for me? Yes. Was it the best thing for her? Yes. Was it the best thing for the kids? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was traumatic, obviously, and there's tears and there's all that sort of stuff. And uh, one thing I wanted to, a story I wanted to share with you was um, I let a lot of things go because they weren't necessarily precious to me. But the day I left the home, there was my two daughters, aged 11 and 9, and their mother. And she said, oh, look, girls, daddy's leaving us. And I just stuck in my head. So when we had our next holiday, me and the two daughters, um, I, I planned it, went for a walk, and I dragged them off the path. I didn't drag them off, but we went off the path. <laughs> By the hair, yeah. across the field. <laughs> oh, uh, we went and found this secluded little glade, and I sat down with them, and I said, look, there's one thing that I need to tell you, because this had been massively weighing on my mind, so yeah. I didn't want this. this. This was where she was playing mind games, and maybe I played some, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not necessarily judging her massively for it, but I said, look, I was almost crying by this point. I said, look, you might remember that when I walked out of the house that last time, and your mother said, look, girls, daddy's leaving us. I said, you have to know, I never left you and I never will. And I'm crying by now. Yeah. And the younger one just looked at me and she said, we never thought you had. Yeah. <sighs> that was intense relief. Yeah, yeah, they I got, never I got goosebumps. Yeah. They had never viewed it that I had left them. Yeah. But you were carrying that round with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the important thing about getting, having these com, sort of like completion conversations yeah. is that if you've got a fear, a concern, uh, a, an, an upset, you know, actually sharing it with that person and asking them, was it really like this or are we okay about that? Or indeed creating the, you know, making sure that the future that you're living into is something that you've created for them and created together. It's, it's such a relief, such a weight off our, off our shoulders. Yeah, because however strong we are, however positive we are, sometimes the stuff that goes on in our head, that inner voice, that self-talk can can just get a little bit out of control. Yeah. So yeah, have a, just have a chat, bring it out in the open. It's it's very rare, as bad as you think it is. Yeah. And do you know what else I can see about that, Nick? Some dads in that situation would have made a decision about the mum. Yeah. She said this, which means she's like that, which means yeah. she carried on doing that. So now all your dialogue with your ex comes from the point of i've got to protect myself and defend my relationship with my children basically hostile and so it's like a filter of how we communicate with that person forgetting that it was based on that one incident yeah and, and then and then yeah. the two people wonder why they're always fighting yeah and for her it was like for us obviously it's stressful for her because she's thinking of her and the kids so you've got to you've got to attempt to put yourself in her shoes as well um, and for her it might have just been um an off-the-cuff comment i mean what is it look girls it's only five words for God's sake, you know? Yeah. And, and, and she might've then, after I'd left, she might've sat down with them and said 5,000 words, all of which were not negative about me. Um, and I would never know that. Exactly. So, yeah. You're absolutely right. We, we do carry it around and just bringing it out into the open sometimes in a, in a sort of, uh, carefully measured way. But, um, sometimes things are nowhere near as bad as we think they are, or they haven't had the effects on the kids because kids are so resilient. You know, we, we forget this. Kids are so adaptable. 
I, I, absolutely. And, you know, you, you, as adults, we are more affected by, by heart break, by change. You, you know, use that word right at the beginning of our conversation, how affected we are by change. Kids might not like it, but they quick, what they need is routine. What they need is, is, is a trust and, and, and a reassurance. And as long as they've got that, they can be quite happy with, oh, okay, great. This is what we're doing. Okay. I'm good. I trust you, daddy. We're, we'll, we'll do this. And I, in, you know, in my work with dads, that's one of the things that I put in right at the beginning. No, sit your kids down, reassure them, create a picture in their mind of what your future looks like. Even if it's not, even if you haven't got it right now, and dads can be quite often in that situation of haven't got a big enough house, not seeing them enough. And you're going to say, do you know what guys, this is what I'm committed to. This is where we're, we're headed towards. I don't know how long it's going to take or what it's going to take, but I love you. And we're going to have a great life together. This, this is not the end. It's the start. Yeah. We have to remember that for our kids, the, the one, the one unchangeable fact that can never be changed by Donald Trump or global warming, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> nothing is going to change the fact that for our kids, we are their dad. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's going to be the same tomorrow. It's going to be the same in a month, in a year, in 10 years. It's, 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 uh, that, is, that is unalterable fact. And, we, and that, that, I think, gave me quite a lot of... Um, uh, it was a consolation, but it, it, was, it, was, it was more than that. It was, yeah. it was just knowing that I was always going to be their dad. And pretty soon when I um, started living with Lynn, I said to them, I said, um, I'm not having any more kids. <clears throat> I said, We've, just in case you were thinking, I said, I will only ever have you two as my children. Yeah. So it's a two-way thing. You know, they've only got me as their dad. I've only got them as, 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 as my daughters. That's it. Yeah, and at 11 and 9, you know, whatever age they're at, really, but especially at 11 and 9, they, they're conscious enough to be able to have a, have a chat with, like, with that with you, not as pressure, not as drama, but um, I think too often kids aren't given the space to, to communicate, you know, to, yeah. to feel like their thoughts and their concerns are being heard. And then you go, okay, wow, yeah, I really hear that. Okay, let me think yeah. about that. Let's, let, let, and then let's work out a new, a new path forward. Yeah, definitely. Wow, great chat, Nick, great chat. What, um, so just thinking, you know, I've, I've seen some of the testimonies of, of, of what people have got out of your Black Belt Ninja program. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, what, what led you to put that together? What, what did you see in the world that, that was missing that you could provide for people? Um, when I wrote my book, which was six years ago, the book was a bit of a brain dump, to be honest. I just had all these thoughts about, lessons we can learn from karate and traditional martial arts oh can, sorry can we just put into context here you're not like because <laughs> i've seen it from your website you're not like a bloke who does a little bit of karate you're a fourth and fifth and fifth band. so yeah. what is so what, what is a friend of mine when we were at school he was he, he was on the british karate team and if anyone bullied oh, wow. him he, he had to tell them i just need to let you know that i can i'm a i'm a whatever and i'm a i'm basically i'm a weapon so if you if you <laughs> i may i may retaliate but i need to tell you that before this before this starts basically um so you're you know you're fifth dan what does that mean for people just just i know it's it must be cool right so what is a fifth dan just means I'm old, Johnny. <laughs> um, well, there's a nice saying that um, a black belt is a white belt who never quit. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I'm just someone who um, uh, my mother would have. Uh, my mother was a great fan of lifeboats, and and she said, whatever the weather, they just keep going. 
and that's just been like me with karate so yeah there's people out there who've advanced faster um some some give up um i'm just a lot i just keep going you know i do it once twice a week um i had a real phase in my late 20s before the kids came along i was pretty religiously doing it i had two or three years where i was just doing it four times a week um so yeah it just means i'm old that's all okay uh, Got that. like, a, like, a, like yoda you're like yoda like yoda yeah <laughs> i look like him as well <laughs> sorry i interrupted you so you so yeah so that so so you're so you're all right so, awesome um, so the book, the book yeah. was a brain dump and then um i just it's mainly through one two business things and i just thought you know what there's a lot of people out there who actually lack confidence they lack confidence to uh, to be themselves to express themselves lack confidence to try new things they lack confidence because they're fearful of failure fear of loss fear of being judged fear of whatever so i think i think that the, the big area that i see where there's a gap is is the confidence thing so i just took the most relevant bits of the book um that related to that and put together a program uh and the feedback i've had from people who've done the program somebody said uh there is nothing in this world i can't handle i thought bloody hell that's scary yeah and the likelihood is someone who takes that course is probably thinking the exact opposite at the start that they they've they've yeah. seen what's available from from it and they want to break through and they, and they and they come to the end of it with with, with that um you know so much of personal development people's People who've never engaged in it and had a look at themselves, have a look at their confidence, have a look at what a breakthrough might mean. That is that's that is like a new dawn to them, and that sounds like what that that experience was for that lady. It was it was a real new dawn, yeah. Mm. And I think it's it's interesting to ask about the sort of the, the structure of, of of the program and the videos and stuff. And it, of course, that gives people the opportunity to hear what it's all about. But it also gives the opportunity for someone who's thinking about starting a new business and working out what an online business might look like and how they turn their passions into a business because dads are wondering that. So you've you know the the course is online and it's is was that something you knew about before you started the the business? A little bit, but um, but it's when you get into it, it's a it's a massive industry. Um, there's there's loads of stuff out there, and there's uh, I had a quote from a web designer who wanted to charge me a thousand pounds a day, and it was ten days to get the program. But then I looked online and researched, and you can you can get access to these programs that um, for like fifty quid a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the the whole back end, all the all the technical stuff, it's all done for you. And you can have quizzes, you can have videos, you can have user groups, um, you can do all sorts of stuff, PDFs to download. Yeah. And most of that is in the program, but there's so much more to it. Yeah. Um, and and it's interesting how people start as well. They um, a bit like you. I mean, you're probably the case in point for this, you know, um, because you know you you've picked um, a, a niche, you've picked a specific thing. Um, and then you focus on that one thing. And if you look at people who are successful, particularly in the online world, uh, what they've done is they pick, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, it's carp fishing for people in wheelchairs. Okay. Yeah. And you might think, well, who wants to do that? Well, probably around the world, thousands of About, people. Yeah. A couple of thousand. Yeah, expertise, yeah. You can massively help them. So I don't know, you know, how to clean your chimney if you've only got one arm. I don't know, whatever it might be. Exactly, whatever, uh, whatever it might be. Yeah. There's loads of people out there who 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 will benefit from the expertise that that we all have, and particularly when we're dads. You know, we've we've been through quite a lot in life. We've we've seen things. You know, having kids is is obviously great. It's brilliant, but there's obviously stresses, and we learn a lot about ourselves and other people as we go through that process. So just by 
just by virtue of the fact of being a dad, um, people have something to offer. Yeah, totally. And just share where people can get, get to your course. And I'll put it in the show notes anyway, but just share where people can get to your course and, and, and just tell, explain the cost and stuff. Um, the cost is uh, it's £67 and it gives them access to the programme for a year. And uh, it comes from one of my uh, first uh, senior instructors who said, I'll get you to Black Belt in three minutes. And I said, what do you mean? He said, just do three minutes a day. What he meant was you, you practice, you train twice yeah. a week, but then you do three minutes a day. So there's 40 videos, which, but the videos are just two to three minutes. So they take one point and describe it very clearly. And then there's things to think about. And most, a lot of people have done like it just like one day. So it's 40 days with a few quizzes if people want to do that and uh, PDFs. So basically you can do three minutes a day for seven weeks. And that's pretty much all the content. There's nothing complicated in it. You know, it's um, after having done karate for 30 years, I don't know very much advanced stuff. I don't think there really is any. It's just the simple things done well. Yeah. Um, so um, it might be best to stick the the, um, the URL. I'll give you that at the end if that's okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Simple things done well. That's such a that's such a a message for life, for being a dad, for simple things done well regularly. It's like consistently. That's that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And. Um, so just finally, because this is sort of, I've, I've written, written a, uh, I've, I've written a couple of, couple of notes here. We've covered most of them, but just as I almost have to finish up with, you've reinvented yourself on a number of occasions in your, in your life. And, and you said a moment ago as well about, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older now, you know, of course I'll be doing things different. Creating a better future. One of my things for team super dad is, is creating our best life ever. Yeah. I feel like you're someone who's 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 living that perhaps it's not always been easy but but you, but you're continuing to do that even at 57 um you know what, what would be your encouragement to dads who are who are wondering how to reinvent them, them, themselves I mean, that's probably a summary of, of, of a lot of things you've you've said here but they've you know what what do they need to do to to gain the confidence to do that and then to trust themselves to keep going okay um a few things really I think the first thing is to stay true to yourself and um, no that that can be a you, we, you could probably do a whole day's podcast mm. on that but that's it's really about starting to have an, an idea of who you are because we all have roles we all have identities um, do you mean like values and things could someone access no, that not, by, not by so their values that, but we we have we have uh, no um it's more about the roles we have in life you know like, the role is that I'm I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the carefree dad for my children. I'm the breadwinner. I'm the guy who um, who is in business life. This is who I am. Right. So someone could write have, those. Someone could write those down as statements. Aspects yeah. of, of of our lives, but actually, uh, you need to strip all that away because it's great. Obviously, that we're all dads. Um, it's great that we have a job. Soon we've got a job, but that's not actually who we are. So it, it's about having this little bit of thought about who you are. Um, and now I'm coming back to you. Sorry. Yeah, it is about our values and fundamentally, you know, what make what make us what makes us the people that we are. And values is values is uh, it's in the program and it's I know it's a subject dear to you. And value people talk a lot of detail about values, but as as we just said, I like the simple things. Yeah, values are sim simply things that we value. In other words, they're things that are important to us. So it might be. Um, 
uh, running a successful business, uh, that's okay. It might be helping others. Um, it's worthwhile, if anyone's stuck, it's worthwhile just Googling something like values and then saying, oh yeah, that's that's a bit of me. That's There's like a whole list of words. Yeah, yeah. so it's about, it's about finding yourself. Use this as an opportunity to actually find out who you are, not just, not just one of your roles, and then stay true to that. And probably the other thing I'd say is that um, accept that you have made mistakes in the past. You might be making mistakes now. You're definitely going to make mistakes in the future. Um, and you know what? That's okay. That's just part of life. Um, as long as you're not intending for anyone to be hurt or damaged or, you know, put out in any way, then it's okay. You're going to, you're going to make mistakes. Um, so just, just sort of take the pressure. Do things like that that take the pressure off you because this is, um, this is a, as we said, this is the situation of change. Change is stressful. So do do some sort of mind things like this to actually give yourself a bit of headspace, give yourself a bit of time so that then you can actually express yourself and, and go on this journey of getting to know who you are. And you're not going to lose things from this. You're not going to lose your kids. You're not going to lose your relationship with your kids. In fact, the more that you can get closer to actually knowing who you truly are, probably actually there's something more there for your kids to buy into because they're from the same gene pool. They're probably yeah. going to, they're probably going to actually bond with you even closer. So stay true to yourself. Don't do things that are completely stupid, you know, um, just just stay true to yourself, accept mistakes and just accept that, you know, we're, we're all on this journey and there's a real positive in, in this situation that we can actually learn a lot more about who, who we are. Yeah, and by knowing who we are, we can actually create our best, a much better future for ourselves. So, 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 so true there. So, so true. Awesome, Nick. Well, listen, thank you for, for sharing so much of your life story with us today. Okay. Um, oh, oh one, one, one final thing. Just, just on, on juggling that, um, your children, your stepchildren, um, was, was that something that did you stress about that was it i know a lot of dads do stress about it like getting into a relationship with someone else who's got kids was did did you matt did you and your and your 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 wife did you did you how did you make that work or, or was it a concern and, and if it was a concern did it go away quickly um there one or two things there's one thing in particular that happened because uh very early on when i'd moved in because I, I, I realized that I had to very quickly accept that the relationship I had with my, they were, they'd never been officially my, my stepkids, because you know, yeah. their dad's still alive and everything. Um, but I had to accept the relationship was fundamentally different to how it was with my kids. And that was quite diff difficult, partly because they're the same age, but I, I, didn't have, uh, I didn't have authority. Yeah. I couldn't actually say to them, I'll go and, go and put that away. Whereas with my kids, I could I could do that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think I once asked the younger one to go and do something, and she just said no, or she just ignored me. So the question is, what, what can you do? I can't I can't actually do anything. So I had to learn that I I didn't have that relationship. I didn't have the sort of it's not sort of authority, but you know what I mean. This sort of this this sort of father type relationship with them. It was completely different. Yeah, I, I do totally know what you mean. Having been a step parent myself, it's it's uh, an acceptance that you're not the primary parent, yeah. and that it's 
it's actually inappropriate. I'll let people just define that for themselves, but speaking for myself, it's inappropriate to try and be that primary parent. And, uh, and it brings a lot of stress on the situation and, and can bring conflict. Just like you say, you're not my dad, you know, like, okay. Yeah. And, and you couldn't, you know, maybe if you're someone's boss at work, you could try and tell them to do something, but in any other social type work type human to human scenario, the best you could do is is request someone to do something, and if they didn't want to, they'd have to be okay with it, which is very different to a, to, to the role of a parent. So, it's yeah. um, it requires a lot of, of of mutual respect and 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 as the adult, an acceptance that okay, if they said no, it's not really my place to blow my stack and, and start demanding things. That should be for the other, you know, for their biological parent, for my partner to to step in and, and determine. Yeah, and there's you know there's there's books. Um, you probably cover it. Uh, there's books on it. I was given a book by my uh, now wife uh, with the best of intention, um, because you have to be prepared that even if you ask nicely, if they say no, you, you there isn't really anything you can do. Um, and we are back to uh, something we talked about right at the beginning, which is playing the long game. Yeah, it's, it's something that happened this uh, June, which was Father's Day. So we're now in September. So this is three months ago, but. Uh, my wife had no idea this was going to happen and I had no idea this was going to happen but for the first time I got a stepdad Father's Day card from the two of them yeah and that that's that's uh, on the mantelpiece in the bedroom because yeah. that means a lot and that's an acknowledgement of of what you've been together now Is it 14 some how long you been together uh, some kind of 14, yeah, 12 years yeah, uh, 12 years 12 years as an acknowledgement of 12 years work not not work work but 12 years love and commitment you could could say yeah. um and 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 if someone was expecting to be thanked every week it took 12 years and that didn't mean that it wasn't appreciated any any less it just that's that's your investment that's what it's taken wow yes yeah. that must <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, all, all welled up there, really, because um, I can, I, I know what that, that that must feel like. You know, that that must have been a very, whew, you must have had to take yeah, it. It was great, and also for my wife as well, because she had no idea. And it's like, yeah, it's just a card. It's just say, you know, um, thanks, and that was it. You know, but um, but yeah, it was massive. Yeah, yeah. and it's, you know, it's, it's just like we said right at the beginning. It's about, you know, what relationship do you want with your kids in three weeks, in three years, in thirty years' time? Yeah. So, Sometimes take it on the chin and, you know, don't let someone walk all over you, but sometimes just think I'm going to let that go. And, you know, and I've had it where, you know, it's like, oh, dad, we're not around at Christmas. You know, and they're telling me this at the end of November because mum's taking us to so-and-so. And I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, but it's like, okay, so they're going off having a great time and I'll see you on the 29th of December or something like that. So yeah. Yeah, take a few things on the chin. It's, it's about balance. Yeah, totally. I have that with my kids and we make the night they come back is Christmas Eve and the first night they're back, sorry, and the first morning they're back is Christmas day. So they get to have two Christmas days. In fact, I get to have two Christmas days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Nick. Great, great conversation. Um, you know, the, the, the cool thing about conversations like this is, is when you realize you could chat for absolutely hours but yeah. people don't listen to podcasts for absolutely hours unless you're listening to the joe rogan podcast then people do seem to listen for about three hours um well i'll get to that point in my in my world domination <laughs> uh nick thank you so much okay. uh, we're going to share some links to all your stuff in the show notes what's the name of your of your course and your website again uh well they can catch catch me at nickforgem.com uh and the course is called black belt confidence 
Awesome. And the book on, on Amazon? Black Belt Thinking. Black Belt Thinking. Brilliant. Strongly recommend it. Uh, I'm just starting to work my way through through Nick's course myself. So so I look forward to, to being able to share some of that. Nick, thank you so much again for your time. Great to hear about your family and your journey, the successes you've had in different areas of your life and and the commitment you are to people in the community. If you've been teaching karate for that long, I know that there are now dads who are impacting their children's life and that's because of you. So um, that, you. That, that's who you are in the world and I think it's fabulous. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thanks, Johnny. Great stuff. I'm going to stop record and I'll see you soon. Bye. Cheers. Thanks. Wow. What a great conversation with Nick. If you are one of the 20 percenters and you are still with us, then thank you. Uh, the magic is is quite often at the end when you get to the point where you're really relaxed and you start to learn a little bit more about the guests and about their life and, and things pop into your mind just like they did then about being a step parent and how he blended his family so well. Um, it's tricky being a step parent, I've got to say, and it's not often spoken about. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this. Those reviews help promote um Uh, the podcast if you're on something like breaker or stitcher or spotify then give us some hearts as well because all these things are positive social uh, testimonials and and like i said the more dads we can impact then the more um i don't know of of course that's a benefit to me as i grow the community and, and and i bring more people into the into the the organization but but that's not what this is fundamentally about this is fundamentally about dads rebuilding their lives dads creating their best life ever and when you take a look at it from a legacy point of view then you're talking about kids growing up not you know not harshly affected by a breakup but actually inspired by what their parents have created confidently uh, able to fall in love themselves and and with exciting ambitions for their own family and their future so if that resonates with you, if that hits a chord in your heart, then 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 I'm doing something good. Then then I'm getting through to you all. Please share this. Please bring in your friends and other dads to the community. And I look forward to seeing you over in the Facebook group and on the next Team Superdad podcast. Team Superdad out. This has been Team Superdad. Find us at TeamSuperdad.com. Join the Rebuild program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.